You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Good evening, Bucknutters. Welcome to What We Learned Live following Ohio State's 38-3 win over visiting Michigan State tonight. A lot of good to talk about. A lot of good. Buckeye, I thought that was kind of a big point spread, 32 and a half points. Buckeyes covered. And uh, it, it even felt like it was like bigger than that, like 38-3. to It felt like, I mean, obviously they missed a field goal late. But welcome into the show. I am Dave Biddle. We're going to hear from the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick, in a few minutes to give you the latest on recruiting. Big recruiting night for the Buckeyes with it being the only night home game of the season. After Bill, we're going to hear from Jay Book, Jonah Booker. And then after postgame interviews, we're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon live from Ohio Stadium. So Kyle McCord, what a great game from Kyle McCord. Dropping dime after dime, just Fantastic game out of Kyle McCord. This is absolutely on point. And um, I'm glad we got the Marvin Harrison Jr. Heisman campaign started right here because now Ohio State's all carrying that water for us as well. But seriously, I mean, and they keep saying things like, well, he should be in, in the conversation for the Heisman. It's like, no, my friends, he shouldn't be in the conversation for the Heisman. He should be the Heisman. You can't say things like he's the best player in college football. And he should be in the conversation for the Heisman. It's like, listen, we have a we have an award for the best player in college football. And you know what? I think he's going to win it with one caveat, a little minor thing called winning at Michigan. Like, you know, got to do that. Got to win at Michigan. Will Harbaugh be on the sideline for that one? I don't know. Not if Tony Petiti has his way. And if you haven't read that 13-page report from Tony Petiti, you need to read that report. It is unbelievably good or bad if you're a Michigan fan. So Marvin needs to win the Heisman. How about Cade Stover? He's out there maybe 70%. I don't know. Maybe more than that. He's so tough. It doesn't even matter. Could have played last week. He's banged up. Cade Stover. I mean, kid was Mr. Football here in the state of Ohio. But did we expect Cade Stover? Would, I thought he'd be a linebacker or a defensive end. Did we think that uh, Cade Stover would be one of the best tight ends to come through Ohio State ever? Like, I'm not saying he's the best. He's not the best. Like John Frank, in my opinion, is the best. John Frank is the best. There's a Ricky Dudley. There's others that are up there. I said one of the best. And I don't, again, I don't say it lightly. Because even though Ohio State tight ends haven't, like, obviously have not lit it up as far as receptions, 
with uh, Cade Stover now. Two straight years getting over 30 receptions. The first time any Ohio State tight end has got 30 receptions since Ben Hartsock in 2003. But there's still been a lot of good tight ends, as we know. I mean, Jeremy Ruckert was a third-round pick. Vanette, Hireman, third-round picks. Luke Farrell, fifth-round pick. You know, Jake Stoneburner was a good tight end. I mean, there's been a lot of good tight ends. You know, Ben Hartsock himself, he was like a second or third-round pick himself. Man, a lot of, lot of third-round picks. If Hartsock was a third-round pick, that's a lot of third-round picks. He might have been late second, right around there. It's irrelevant. My point is, Kate Stover is one of the best Titans we've seen come through here. I thought Travion Henderson was running the ball hard. So hard, I was like, get him out of there before he gets hurt because he wasn't messing around. His offensive line continues to come along. I love it. I love this defense. We continue to learn this is not a good defense. It's an elite defense. It's everything you wanted out of a silver bullet defense. We continue to learn that. It's good to see guys like Kenyatta Jackson getting out there. I mean, Jordan Hancock continues to be a dude. I love the way this guy plays. He just – this is – I mean, he's out there just – he he hits, he covers. Sonny Styles is doing exactly what we hope Sonny Styles would do, be that kind of bandit who will – he can do anything. Jack of all trades, master of all. Okay? Jack of all trades, master of all. I mean, bringing Sonny Styles on a blitz, and he's so instinctive too. You talk to people that were at that high school basketball game, state championship game a couple years ago, Devin Royal with Pick Central, you know, all those guys from Centerville. Um, Pick Central ended up winning. Some people are like, maybe not all season, but that game, people are like, Sonny Styles was the best guy on the floor. And that was like a hobby for him playing basketball. Anyway, Sonny Styles, I love seeing that. I love seeing what Knowles is doing with his defense. Kudos to Jim Knowles. I didn't like – okay, so there's we could go on and on about the good stuff, and we continue – we will. I don't know why Emeka Buka was in there in the second half when they're up 35-3 to three at halftime. He got banged. He was already playing probably at 70%. And then you have him in there. I would have preferred to not see Emeka in there. Parker Fleming. I mean, we can't go a game without some, some debauchery. Ah, today wasn't debauchery. Just frustrating stuff. So Michigan State does the most obvious fake punt ever, and Ohio State wasn't ready for it. Parker Fleming. Um, Ohio State had to uh, call a timeout when Ohio State was punting. Parker Fleming. It's like, dude, you're not also co coaching the running backs. You're not also coaching the offensive line. You're the special teams coach. How, how does this always happen? I joked. It wasn't even really a joke. I joked on Twitter that uh, – you know, if the, if the punt team is on the field, that means something bad must happen for Ohio State because Parker Fleming is coaching that unit, but maybe it wasn't a joke. So our Patrick Murphy tells me that, that uh, Carson Hinsman was not hurt. So that's good. I was uh, When I saw Jones in there at center and Vamahi at right guard, I was a little concerned that uh, Hinsman might be hurt. Lincoln Keenholtz, good to see Lincoln Keenholtz in there. Good to see him in there. Doesn't look too big for him, does it? A kid looks good, and they're going to be able to play him. They already, This is his first game that he played. He can play three more games and still redshirt. Love that. You just never know how it's going to work out. And who knows? Maybe they'll need him. I don't know. Has Ohio State ever needed a number 12 who's a third-string quarterback? Oh, yeah. I can think of one. I, I also can think of one time. I also can think of the best recruiting guy in the business, the dean of Ohio State football recruiting, Bill Curley. Bill, welcome into the show. Before we get your thoughts on recruiting, huge night for recruiting. Your thoughts on this game. Buckeyes dominate the Spartans 38-3, to my friend. Well, as far as I know, the best part was what I was hoping the best part would be. No major injuries. Stay healthy. The last uh, – these two games, Minnesota and Michigan State, going to win them. Going to win them by 30 to 40 points, I think. Tonight, 35, I guess it was. Stay healthy and go into Ann Arbor ready to go. That's I'm sure you watched the uh, Michigan-Penn State game as I did, and it is going to be a great game when the Buckeyes travel there in two weeks. I know, man. Like We're less than two weeks away. Like, oh, man, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, all right, let's get into recruiting. 
Dean, who are the top recruits at the game tonight, and how did it go for them? Well, great group of recruits. They were pointing to this game, Penn State, Michigan State, the two games they were pointing towards. Not Michigan State because of it being a primetime opponent, but being a primetime game. It's always great to have a game at night for recruiting purposes. The, the kids can get to the games a lot easier. If it's a 12 noon game and you're coming from Florida or you're coming from Texas, it's tough. So uh, as expected, great group of recruits there, official and unofficial visitors. Um, you had 2024 kids uh, that were important kids that were making either an official or unofficial visit. You had Gabe Van Sickle, an offensive lineman, that's committed Northwestern, making his official visit this weekend. And you got Chance Robinson, a Miami wide receiver, making his official visit to Ohio State this weekend. And then you've got Amaris Williams. He is a big-time target at defensive end, back for an unofficial visit. He already made his official visit. And then interestingly enough, a guy that we don't talk about too much, but is a very good player, Nicholas Rodriguez. He's a linebacker out of Fort uh, Lauderdale St. Thomas Aquinas High School, Jordan Lyle's teammate who's committed to Ohio State, uh, Chance Robinson's teammate who the Buckeyes are trying to flip. Nicholas Rodriguez made it back. He had told me a, a couple times that he was hoping to make it back for, for a Ohio State game an, uh, on an unofficial visit, and he did, in fact, get there. He is committed to Missouri, so that's another one that was there. Uh, then you look at the class of 2025. Great, some great talent there. Uh, in the stadium, including Fahim Delane. He's a safety out of Maryland that uh, is one of the best in the country. And then Byron Lewis, a running back out of Florida, who Ohio State really likes a lot. Uh, he was at the Ohio State-Penn State game, and he's already back again this weekend. He made the trip this weekend with both of his parents, and uh, certainly a guy to keep in mind um, as a potential Buckeye. Any possible commits on the way? I know I'm putting you on the spot there, but any any commits on the way, in your opinion? Well, um, people always ask me, you know, uh, who do you have on commitment watch? Who's going to commit by the end of the weekend? And I always tell them it doesn't happen that way uh, anymore, almost ever. You know, you, you almost never have a kid just uh, all of a sudden make a commitment and then actually announce it. Uh, the old days – you might have a kid announce his commitment an hour after he gets done with his visit uh, or maybe the next morning or whatever. Uh, somebody might commit, but they, as you know, Dave, they want to do their edits and their videos and all that. And there's nothing wrong with that. So it usually takes some time to make announcements. But uh, as far as some guys that I think uh, to keep an eye on, mentioned a couple of them already. Uh, Gabe Van Sickle, I think he could flip from Northwestern to Ohio State. That would not shock me at all. Uh, Chance Robinson, don't know. We'll see how his official visit goes. He's been a Miami commitment for a while. Uh, Byron Lewis is another guy. This is his second game day visit in less than a month, and he's traveling from Florida. He's got his parents coming with him. Serious, serious interest there. So so he is uh, certainly another one. And then Amaris Williams, the Florida commitment. He is a big-time target, and – uh, he wouldn't be back again either. He was also at the Penn State game. That was uh, his last time here, Columbus. But he's another guy. Um, second time in less than a month coming to Ohio State. He is coming from North Carolina. So he's a guy to keep in mind. I don't uh, know that he's going to announce anything right at this point. But he's a guy that uh, we'll see. He does have an official visit scheduled to Tennessee next weekend. The Buckeyes would like nothing better to see that visit to Knoxville get canceled and him flip from Florida to Ohio State. Let's talk about Jordan Seaton. I'm worried. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm nonplussed. Um, what's the latest with the big O tackle? <laughs> That's your man, Dave, I think. Uh, I, I know you've been in the, uh, you know, please, please. It, it's not like uh, they couldn't use an offensive tackle or two, right? No, they, the, the offensive tackle position, as you know, Dave, is a huge priority. And um, there'd be none better as far as actual ability and talent than Jordan Seaton. But as you also know, Dave, he did not make the uh, trip to Columbus this weekend. He did not make his official visit 
uh, as has been planned. And that's not a shocker. I've been saying for weeks and weeks that if Ohio State is to have a chance with Jordan Seaton, they've got to get him on campus for an official visit. And even though he's had a visit scheduled here, each time something seems to happen that he doesn't make it. And that is not a good sign. Um, I'm not saying that it is impossible that he still makes a visit, but, you know, you can kind of read the tea leaves that uh, uh, he's just not getting up here to, to make these visits. So, you know, uh, as I said beforehand, I would take the field against Ohio State in that battle. And I've heard people say, well, I mean, it's an NIL thing. You know, it's an NIL thing. Like, well, we never hear that with wide receivers. And Brian Hartline doesn't have that problem, right? I mean, like, I, that just seems like a, like a BS excuse to me is my point. What do you think? Well, the NIL is always involved with the high-level kids. There's no doubt about that. You know, you're going to have to give the high-level kids an attractive NIL offer. But as you mentioned, uh, the offers have worked for wide receivers. So while I think that's a factor, I don't think it's by any means the only factor. And, uh, again, with Jordan Seaton, you know, he, he has had um, – you know, he's changed schools. He went from his high school in Washington State – uh, D.C. area to Bradenton IMG and some schools um, kind of as he was changing schools lost contact with him and Ohio State being one of them um, they kind of backed off their contract contact with him some so you know there's a lot of things going on there with Jordan Seaton. I'll get you out of here on this bunch of young guys playing for the Buckeyes let's talk about the true freshman how about Jermaine Matthews Good seeing Lincoln Keenholz out there. Jelani Thurman looking like a beast. Man, I asked Ryan Day about it on this previous Tuesday. I, I didn't think Jelani Thurman would be out there playing. Like, I was just – because Ryan Day's talked about lack of depth at tight end. Like, Jelani Thurman could maybe help with that. Great to see some of these true freshmen out there tonight, Bill. Yeah, I think – I always think that's the fun – one of the fun things is to see the kids that uh, uh, you just saw in high school a matter of months ago – playing out there for Ohio State. And when I went and saw Jermaine Matthews last year, I came away ultra impressed. You know, you go to see these cornerbacks and nobody throws at them. And they're just usually, the great corners are just usually locking down their guy. They're not overly excited about going up and making tackles necessarily. Jermaine Matthews was not that way. I mean, that kid in high school, every play, if it was going across the field or if it – involved him he wanted to make that tackle and he would if he had to be up near the line of scrimmage to make it he would go up there in the line of scrimmage and make it I, i'm just so happy to see him uh get the play after what i watched last year him in high school and how about lincoln keenholz um i think he might have been what two for two maybe tonight and i know they weren't long passes but but he still. looked like he it didn't look like it was too big for him which no, is not huge. at all right yes I, he looked like uh hey this is what I do. And he uh, was not awed by the situation and good for Lincoln. I think, uh, I think that was kind of fun to watch. It's always fun to watch Bill Curlick do his thing. Thank you to the Dean. All right, my friend, thank you for joining me. I appreciate it. Thanks Dave. We'll talk to you soon. He is the Dean of Ohio state football recruiting Bill Curlick. We're going to hear from Jonah Booker in a moment. Pardon me I, that I'm just now saying this happy veterans day. Now I'm getting this in. We still have, what, 59 minutes left here, Eastern time. Happy Veterans Day. My, da my dad's probably, my 85-year-old dad is, I'm sure, sleeping by now, or he would smack me in the face for just now saying that, an Air Force veteran himself. But um, happy Veterans Day. Love you guys and gals who have served our country. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of good. Most, I mean, almost all good. I kind of thought 32 and a half. I'm like, man, that's because it opened at 28 and a half. Ohio State was favored by 28 and a half. And I'm thinking, man, okay. And then it got up to 31 and a half pretty quick. Then it was 32 and a half today. I'm thinking, geez, are they really going to cover that? Yeah, they did. They did. Jay Book, I almost had it, my man. I had 41 to six. So I had the 35, but I had the 35 margin, but I didn't have the score exactly correct. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing well. And yourself? Good game tonight. Good game tonight. How are you feeling? 
I'm feeling good, man. I, I exactly. I mean, Kyle McCord. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Kyle McCord. Okay. I mean, dropping dimes left and right. I love it. I thought I thought McCord probably played his best game as a Buckeye, Dave. He looked good. The offense was in in rhythm. Um, I think they definitely needed this game, Dave. They really needed to needed for him to elevate his game to like the next level. Especially as you're getting ready for Michigan, you want to have a good taste in your mouth um, heading into Minnesota and then have another stellar performance. But overall, I mean, I, I thought the offense was in rhythm. I'll tell you what, Dave, that two-minute drive, that two-minute offense right before the half, beautiful. It, it, it was a thing of beauty to see how they were operating, just seeing the offense in rhythm. So I'm I'm happy with the way Kyle McCord looked. I thought he played fantastic. Marv for Heisman. They they like unleashed the campaign earlier this week, and like man, I mean, what a way to do it. I mean, boom, 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 three touchdowns before you could blink. I mean, I, I listen. If they beat Michigan, I think he's going to win it. I really do. Yeah, I mean, they they definitely need to put uh, make a push. I mean, he's absolutely dominant to me. He's the best college football player in the country right now. I know, you know, when we look at the NFL draft, he's going to go top five. You're going to get the quarterbacks who are typically going to get the benefit of doubt when it comes to the Heisman. But Marvin Harrison Jr., at minimum, Dave, he should be invited to New York. He is playing fantastic. You're talking about uh, the best wide receiver in all of college football, double-digit touchdowns on the number one team in the country. There's no doubt in my mind that he needs to be a Heisman finalist. Now, with that being said, Ohio State and the social media and the media team department, it has to be all hands on deck. Everybody needs to be putting for him to get uh, his name in the finalist for that Heisman trophy because he's playing so good, Dave. Like, think about as Ohio State's offense they're starting to get their rhythm. But before they can even really take those major strides, they're relying on Marvin. I mean, he was pretty much um, the offense as guys were banged up. Everyone knew he was going to get the football, and he was still lighting people up. This is the first time I've brought this up on the show. 20 minutes in, let's talk about Harbaugh. Let's talk about Michigan. I mean <laughs> – I think because you and I did the show, man. So time flies, huh? When you're having fun. You and I just did like five yesterday, which feels like it was like three days ago, and we were like trying to predict what happened. I think we both predicted that it'd be an indefinite suspension for Harbaugh, but nothing major would happen. Um, and that's basically what it is. It's not an indefinite; it's a three-game suspension. They're trying to get a temporary restraining order. They weren't able to do that today, obviously. Michigan looked good though. Um, Penn State looked awful. Yeah, but the Harbaugh thing is hilarious, man. I mean, it's if you read the thirteen-page report, it looks horrible for Michigan. <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't think the team was going to come down on them. I was, I was typically, I was really skeptical uh, after reading that report. Once the NCAA finished with them, I think he's going to get a show cause. I mean, if you they put in bold, bold letters in the report that on the conference call with the NCAA, they basically said that we know that you cheated. We have proof that you cheated. You may not have known, but being the head coach of the program, it is your responsibility to actually know. And like we talked about in our show, I truly believe that the coordinators, they should also feel some type of punishment because those are the ones that uh, Manifesto Boy was whispering sweet lyrics in their ear <laughs> during, during the side of the games. Uh, on the sideline of those games. But, yeah, I, I think that the way – I mean, you look you look at them, Dave, uh, at Michigan. Yeah, they didn't throw the ball, but you said they looked – I thought Michigan just looked okay. I mean, Penn State is horrible. I mean, we, we talked about James Franklin and Drew Aller. Like, Drew Aller is just not ready for big-time college football. And, and J.J. was 60 yards passing or so. Um, but yeah, they, I, I think there's a Ohio State team, Dave, when you when you look at this matchup, I'm starting to feel a whole lot better the way Ohio State is looking right now and going into Michigan week. Um, guys are starting to get back healthy. It's going to be critical to get Josh Proctor and Tommy back and keeping everybody else on the defense healthy. 
I do. I should have said like I, I was impressed with Michigan's defense. Although Penn State sucks, so maybe I shouldn't be too. That big D <laughs> tackle for Michigan, though. I, God, I got. I can't lie. That big D tackle for that dude is like three hundred and seventy pounds, and he like moves like. I love those. Yeah, big, go right one of our own though. He's not as. I mean, Tyreek's not that big, but he's big and moves. So I love Tyreek Williams, but that big dude for Michigan's really good. Their D line in general is really good. Um, all right, let's yep. move on. All right, I mean, what do you think about Mecca being in there in the second half? I, I thought you. I mean, he was already. It was clear to me he was already gimpy. Why is he in there in the second half? They led yeah. thirty-five to three at halftime. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that one, Dave. Um, it could be a cause that they're trying to uh, continue to get him into the rhythm. I still think he's off. He, you can tell that his game is not where it was at um, previously to the injury. Uh, so they may be looking to try to knock some rust off of him. Um, but the one thing I will say, Dave, that re- will really made me smile tonight was seeing those young guys get in there. Jelani Thurman's a beast, man. I mean, he's... He is, he is an absolute beast. He is a load. And got to see some Lincoln Keenholds. And then the most important thing, you start to get some live reps for that second string offensive line. Um, and then I, I took some notes, Dave. Six yards of pop rushing again. Beautiful. I think the offensive line, they're putting uh, together consecutive weeks, starting to play much better. Communications there. Um, you have uh, – you know, what, three weeks in a row, they're averaging over five yards per carry. So you have to feel really good about where the offensive line is at. But Emeka, continue to work him in there. Um, he's definitely not where he needs to be at 100%. I don't think a lot of people in the country are 100% right now, but you can tell that they're trying to um, gradually bring him into the offense because they're going to need him against Michigan. Because here's the thing against Michigan. They're going to run a bracket coverage against Marvin. They're going to need a Mecca to win those one-on-one matchups. Uh, it's going to be critical because you can expect that Marvin's going to draw pretty much double coverage all Michigan games. So they're definitely going to need a Mecca to step up and make some plays. Yeah, man. I mean, put him on ice till uh, – I mean, it's crazy. Again, less than two weeks away now. Two weeks away. Um, technically less than two <laughs> weeks away hour-wise. But um, – Man, I can't wait. Um, all right, let's get into some other stuff. So, I mean, Travion Henderson was looking really, really good to me. Um, I'm glad he got out of there unscathed because he was running hard. As I said earlier in the show, mm-hmm. before you joined, I was like, man, he was running hard. I'm like, like kind of, I was like, all right, get him out of there. And they did. So that was good. Travion is looking really good to me, Jay Book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. Um, you're breaking up there, but I, I will I will say this, Dave, when it um when it comes to Henderson, there you go. Got you back for a second there. Um he Henderson brings just a different dynamic to this offense. Um the rushing attack looks so much better when he has fresh legs. He's in there bouncing around, making plays, being a, a dual threat when he's also catching the football. I I, I love the way that Trey's playing it. I think he only had like 13 carries tonight for like 60 plus yards, 62, 63 yards. That's good enough for me, Dave. You know, in in this type of game when you're when you're clearly the better football team, you don't need Henderson to have 21, 22 carries in this type of setting here. Let him get in there, pop some pads, get him out of there. He's healthy, ready to go against Minnesota. Marvin Harrison Jr., if it feels like we started the Heisman campaign on this show, it's because we did, in my opinion. We were talking about when it was 35-1 to 1 odds for Marvin to win the Heisman. Like, what is going on here? And, yeah. Uh, ain't 35-1 to 1 anymore. Again, I think he's going to win it if he stays healthy the next couple weeks and they beat Michigan. I think he's going to win the Heisman. Yeah, I think, he, uh, I think Vegas dropped his – his odds uh, plus 400 in the first quarter after that game. I think it was um, over like plus 1,000, plus 1,300, something like that going into the game. And then after that first quarter, he's like he's around like plus 400. So the the hype is there, Dave. He, he has the name recognition. He has the star power. He's putting up the stats. Um, what is this like besides the Rutgers game? He's hit 100 yards, I think five out of the last six games or something like ridiculous like that and uh, pulled them out midway through the third quarter. But 
Marvin needs to be in, he needs to be in New York, Dave. We're we're gonna hey, we're gonna push this narrative a, until uh the votes are actually cast that he needs to be a high school finalist. We're gonna speak 18, it into 18, 1800 to one, they saying in here was the what's the odds. Yeah, I mean, at one point it was 3,500 to one. I mean, I'm telling you, like it was 35 to one at one point. Um you know, not that long ago, like I'm talking like four weeks ago, we have we have the receipts. You can go back and watch the Bucknuts Morning Five. It wasn't that long ago. Um, all right, I'll get you out of here on this, this defense, man. I mean, I'm, I'm talking like this is like uh, this is like, you know, sweet uh, nectar for you, man. Talking about the defense, the silver bullets playing like this, man. This is exactly yeah. what we want to see. I mean, they're this defense is elite, Jay Book. They're they're good. They're good. And they're playing extremely well, like. Uh, I will say this, the secondary is playing outstanding. They're contested everything still uh, without your, your two starting safeties. And I still thought that those young guys got in there, competed, play hard. We got a Jahad Carter sighting in there. He was, I thought he uh, was able to jump in there and play some good fo football. We got some Gabe Powers and some uh, C.J. Hicks in there um, in the second half. So that was good to see. Tyleek Williams continues to play like an All-American right now. Um, I think Jack Sawyer's actually starting to play some of his best football. He's really starting to uh, get after it, create some pressures. He's doing really well um, setting the edge, keeping that outside shoulder free. And I will say this, Dave, and we, we, we keep talking about Michigan because that's obviously the big thing that's coming up. And every game and how they perform, you're always going to compare it to how would this uh, translate against Michigan. If Ohio State can remain gap sound, and I thought Penn State was doing a, a decent job, and they got they once they got out of position, that's when they start getting gashed. If Ohio State can remain gap sound with all of their healthy guys to slow down that Michigan rushing attack, if the way the secondary is playing, I think they're going to make JJ have to beat him. You look at last year, JJ really didn't have a great completing a completion percentage against Ohio State. Dave, he had those big busts um, against the secondary, which were critical back-breaking plays. And if the secondary completed the way they planned all year, Ohio State is going to be an absolute battle. I think this defense is going to do enough to be able to give this offense the opportunity to go up there in Ann Arbor and win that football game. Great stuff, my friend. Appreciate you. All right, man. Talk to you next week. Have a good one. All right. He is Jay Book. He is the one and only Jonah Booker. Great stuff from Jay Book. Thank you to Jay Book. Yeah, I mean, we have some people asking about Lathan Ransom. We've had many people. James on YouTube, he says Ransom's done. That's the same thing. I have not confirmed that, but yeah, that's – we'll see. I, I, I didn't hear good things. When it happened, I was told maybe back by the Michigan game at the earliest, and now we're hearing maybe there's a lot of smoke out there could be done, but not confirmed yet. We'll see what happens. I think that's probably a reason they held Josh Proctor out tonight. He got banged up last week. I know he got the, you know, I bet he could have played tonight. Today was the Michigan game he would have played, but they are probably thinking like, man, we're not going to, we can't lose Lathan and Proc. And uh, if, if plan B is getting Sonny Styles a lot more snaps, that's that's a good plan B. And Sonny Styles is out there wrecking shop all game. Tyleek Williams continues to be a great player for this team. So let's go through some of these young guys that, that showed out. We've talked about Jelani Thurman. Man, I mean, let's it's like what took so long, right? Like, where have you been all my life? Like, isn't this what we expected? Like, what's the problem? Like, you've been talking about how there's like a lack of depth at tight end and tight ends aren't doing this, other than Cade. Cade's good, obviously. Great. Great to see Jelani Thurman out there. Now, I'm sure there's things going on that we don't know about. Maybe he's late to meetings or isn't practicing well. You just never know or isn't blocking well. You never know. But, like, you see a big 6'6", 255-pound true freshman out there just knocking guys around. He looks like an absolute beast. And, again, Lincoln Keenholz, a quarterback. Good seeing him get his Buckeye debut. Um not a lot to take away, but I think, you know, if you really like critically think about it, like you look, you watch Lincoln Keenholds, as we were talking about with Bill Curlick earlier and Jay Book, it just kind of looked like he was comfortable. 
and yeah, I mean, he's up, he's up by 35 points. You can say, well, it's easy to look comfortable. Yeah. I, I don't know about you guys. Not, a, not if you're a true freshman at Ohio stadium, I don't care what the score is. You go out there your first time. Some guys might look like they're, you know, have deer in the headlights. Some guys might look like they belong there. Lincoln Keenholds looked like he belonged there. Now we'll see in a few years if that means anything or not. Okay. We won't know, but I don't know, man, there's something just looked like he belonged there. Again, this defense is, is just, I'm just so impressed with this defense. These DNs, Tuimolo Al, Sawyer, Kenyatta Jackson, Caden Curry. Yeah, I mean, Tyleek Williams has been the best defensive lineman on this team. Ty Hamilton had a great game tonight. He's a guy that I don't talk about enough. I've talked up Mike Hall a lot. Ty Hamilton's a guy that I have not talked up. Great game out of Ty Hamilton. All right, let's you guys fire away with some questions. If you already have, please fire, please repost them because I have not seen them. Um, let's see if there's anything from post-game interviews we need to know about. From Patrick and Steve. Hopefully, you know, no news is good news. Again, I don't know why Emeka was in there in the second half, but, you know, I mean, this was overall, I mean, there's so much good to talk about, so much good. I mean, Kyle McCord, I started the show talking about Kyle McCord. You can't talk about that enough, though. I mean, Kyle McCord, I kept rewinding it. I mean, there was like several times I'm like, damn, that was a good throw. Was that as good as I thought it was? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yep, yep, dime, dime, dime. So kudos to Kyle McCord. He continue. He's playing as Ryan Day said himself after the game. He's playing his best football. The team is playing their best football right now. General Chrome on YouTube it was nice seeing Evan Pryor out there. I agree. Even though it wasn't a lot, it was good seeing number twenty one out there. Really good. They're really committing to this trying to redshirt Dallin Hayden thing, while still probably playing him in two more games, the two college football playoff games, right? Maybe they're just waiting Michigan game and then saving one more for Dallin Hayden. But good seeing Evan Pryor out there. I agree. Well, technical difficulties. Jonathan, we'll get to your question. Jonathan was asking why Devin Brown was not in the game. It's because he got hurt during pregame warmups. He already was dealing with the sprained ankle. It looked like he re-injured his ankle during pregame warmups. There we go. Jonathan on Facebook. Why didn't we see Devin Brown at quarterback? Because he got hurt during warmups. It sounds crazy. It happens in football occasionally. It's not like the craziest thing I've ever heard. I mean, Josh Fryer tore his ACL two years ago at Michigan, the 2021 Michigan game. Josh Fryer tore his ACL in warmups. So it, it's still relatively rare, but I've heard about it. So, yeah, I mean, Brown, and it wasn't like, so Josh Fryer tore his ACL in warmups a couple years ago, and he wasn't even hurt prior. I mean, Devin already had a banged up ankle, high ankle sprain, which they say takes four to six weeks to really heal. And they're, you know, this has only been two weeks since he got hurt. So they're going to try and bring him back. Um, Got hurt during warmups. That's why we saw Lincoln Keenholds out there. I'm sure it would have been Devin Brown. That's why we saw Lincoln Keenholds. So, yeah, a lot of questions about you know, Lee on YouTube. Why do we have a special teams coach when it seems to be not working? It's horrific, says Lee P on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, there's no excuse at this point. I mean, not that there ever was. I was never making excuses for Parker Fleming. I never understood it. Um, I don't get it. And Ryan Day was asked some really hard questions last week, wasn't he? Wow, a lot about Parker Fleming. So, um, you know, my guess is, I mean, obviously nothing's going to happen now. I mean, we're like, what, you know, entering 11th game of the regular season. But I'll be surprised if Ryan doesn't do something during the offseason. I mean, it's just, it's one thing after another now. I mean that first that fake punt. I mean it looked like it was the obvious thing in the world. I mean you guys got to make, and they were even saying like, oh, they're in punt safe. Like were they? Because that they got the first down easily. If that's punt safe, 
I don't want to see punt dangerous. If that was punt safe. Punt safe is supposed to mean like if they fake, we're going to stuff it. Uh, that looked like we're trying to get a return on, even though they have like 30 yards of kick. And again, it's like, and then Ohio State had a penalty. Oh, no, they, they would have had a penalty on a punt when Ohio State was punting. They had to take a timeout to avoid the penalty. I don't know. And I am of the opinion, unless you, you unless you have a guy that you know is like some like special teams ace, that he is just this guy is just a special teams guru. Once you know you have that guy, I'm I'm I don't subscribe to you need a full-time special teams coach. Okay, there's just too much evidence. We're not talking about the NFL. In the NFL, you do. NFL teams all have a special teams coach. I'm talking about college. I think that each and they already do kind of chip in a little bit. Each position coach should have be in charge of different special teams. Boom, 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 boom. You don't need a full-time special teams coach, okay? Again, unless he's a wizard, which Parker Fleming is not. Glad to know from, and we're going to confirm this, glad to know that uh, Carson Hensman's not hurt. When I saw Matt Jones in there and Enoch Vamahi playing right guard, so Enoch Vamahi came in, Matt Jones moved to center. I was worried Hensman got hurt. Patrick does not think he's hurt, but we'll see what he says about that. Good win for the Buckeyes. Really good win. I mean, Michigan State's not good. They're bad. That's not sugarcoated. Michigan State's bad. But when 38-3 to and it felt worse than that, meaning worse for Michigan State, I mean, Ohio State's missing a field goal. They, Ohio State left points on the board. They dominated that game. 38-3 to is probably, if you're Michigan State, you're probably like, yeah, we'll take that. Like, <laughs> They know they got their ass kicked. We're going to hear from Patrick Murphy and Steve Hellwagon soon. They tell me interviews have just wrapped up, so we're going to hear from Patrick soon and Steve. So, yeah, it's interesting when Andrew on YouTube – excuse me, Andrew on YouTube, I wish we could get more pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, I mean, they don't get a lot of sacks, but, like, they have a very high pressure rate. Uh, very high pressure rate. I mean, Todd Blackledge was talking about that tonight. Uh, one of the highest pressure rates in the country. Not a lot of sacks, but the lowest completion percentage for quarterbacks in the country, defensive completion percentage. So Ohio State number one in the country as far as like lowest completion percentage for opposing quarterbacks. You know, they're just, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know if unconventional is the right term, but like it is interesting because they're not getting a lot of sacks, but they are pressuring quarterbacks and they're just wrecking passing games. Now, have they faced a good passing team? No, they really haven't. I mean, Western Kentucky for a group of five team is a good passing team. They're not, Western Kentucky would finish probably last in the Big Ten. I would say they, they I mean, normally I'd say like maybe they'd beat so and so. No, I think actually Western Kentucky would finish last in the Big Ten. I mean, I thought Northwestern was going to – how about Northwestern? David Braun should be coach of the year, if not Ryan Day. David Braun, I was impressed with him at Big Ten Media Days. I'm like, oh, my God. That's when everything had just broke with Pat Fitzgerald getting fired. It was like, seriously, like a few days before Big Ten Media Days, and this guy has to get up there, this 30-some-year-old guy that was like FCS level last year at this time, then gets brought to Northwestern. His break as defensive coordinator was a big break for David Braun. And then he's head coach at Northwestern. I'm like, man, this poor guy like this. And then he was impressive at Big Ten Media Days. I'm like, okay, well, he was impressive at Big Ten Media Days. They're, they're still going to go 2-10. and 10. Northwestern's sitting there at 5-5, five and five, so kudos to them. Kudos to Patrick Murphy. Welcome to the show, talking Patrick Murphy. You talking we, Northwestern? We bounce around. We bounce around here. Oh, all right, all right, all right. What we learned live. Yeah, I mean, you, you came in just in time to talk about Northwestern. Um, oh, good. So your feelings on Northwestern Stadium? No, I'm, kidding. Um, I'm looking so, forward to the new one. That's for sure. Are they still doing that? Uh, I think they, so. After they have to pay Pat Fitzgerald like nine thousand billion dollars. Um, so you confirmed Carson Hensman not hurt, right? Yeah, it didn't look like it. Steve found him on the sideline with his binoculars, and he was just sitting there with the rest of the offensive line that, that came out. Um, it's an interesting one because they moved Matthew Jones over to center so maybe it's just to get him some snaps there in case they need him in, in that position but didn't look like he was uh that he was hurt and just the way he was he was interacting on the sideline that's good that's good 
All right, from post-game interviews, I'll start with Coach Day. What's your biggest takeaway from what Coach Day had to say? Yeah, it, it kind of builds on what we were talking about last week. A uh, question I asked him about, you know, as he gets as this offense gets healthier, does he feel like things are starting to come together? And, look, it's it's Michigan State, I know, and, and I started to write this for our, our takeaways, but this isn't a terrible defense. I mean, they're, you know, they're only giving up, I think, 29 points a game. Um, you know, yards-wise, I think they're still top 50 in the country. So, look, it's not a good defense by any stretch of the imagination, but this is the first time in weeks they've had everybody out there, right? I mean, Cade was back. You had Travion come back the last couple weeks. Um, you had Mecca back, who is still trying to get into get into a rhythm, I think, after the odd injury. But I think this you're starting to see what they can do. And, yeah, you got to do it against better defenses, but – with all those weapons, Kyle just said, and I know we're talking about Coach Day, but Kyle just said he's spoiled. And he said that a few times this year with, with all the guys around him. And so, you know, they, they did some things schematically today. Like, I really like the two running backs there together. And you saw some different things out of that with guys lead blocking and then the, the pass to Xavier Johnson when he came out of the backfield. So you're starting to see some things that I think they've been waiting, you know, whether it's just guys haven't been healthy and they've been able to do it or they've been kind of saving some stuff towards the end of the year. But look, it's November, right? This is when you got to be playing your best football. And it, it really is looking like, and, and we'll see in a couple weeks if it's really there, but it's looking like this offense is, is starting to hit its peak and, and guys are really starting to find their groove. Any word on a Mecca? He was in there in the second half. I didn't like that. He, he, it already was evident he was not 100%. And then he's in there in the second half, and they're up 35-3. to three. Um, Any word on a Mecca? How he's, He looked like he re-injured his leg. Yeah, I don't know if he re-injured it or if it's just still bugging him. Um, I did see him. No, no official word. Ryan wasn't asked about him. Um, but he, I did see him as they were walking off after Carmen. And he was moving okay then. Uh, still pretty, pretty heavily taped on that ankle. But, like, Carmen ended and he kind of bounced, you know, like, to get himself going and, and sort of took a little slow jog, a couple hops towards uh, the tunnel. So, you know, I think probably just running on it over and over again on those routes probably bugs it a little bit. Um, you know, both receivers are dealing with this, right? These ankle issues. Uh, I will be interested to see when Emeka has a, uh, what was it, six catches for 162 yards and a rushing touchdown. Marvin? Marv's. Yeah, Marv's just just insane. But uh, yeah, he he. I think he's okay. I think it's just a, a thing he's going to have to deal with throughout this season. And and we know based on what he did last year. And he said this week he'd never missed a game before before this season, including you know growing up, high school, everything. So tough kid. He's going to fight through it. Um, I will update on a few other things. Day said that um, Tommy Eichenberg, Josh Proctor, uh, going to be game to game. He said those things are not long term but that Lathan Ransom, as we know, is a little bit more long-term. Still don't know if that means he couldn't be back for the Michigan game. I think that's kind of all what we're eyeing. But uh, I did not see him today. That doesn't mean he wasn't here. Obviously, there's a lot of guys. But um, it does sound like that Tommy and, and Josh could be back next week. Maybe they give them another week off. I think both probably could have played today. Josh Proctor's obviously, it seems, dealing with concussion stuff, and that can be tricky. But – um, you know, positive, I think, that, that those guys are not going to be any sort of long-term thing. Kyle McCord looked really good. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I feel like I've been fair to Kyle this year. There's times I'm like, damn, Notre Dame game, like what stones he had that last drive. And there's times of Kyle, man, Kyle played really well. And there's like, damn, Kyle cannot play like that. Like, that wasn't good. He can't do that. They, he does that. They're not going to, like, achieve their goals. If Kyle McCord plays like this, look the hell out with this defense because, man, it wasn't just – no, as you said, Michigan State is – their offense isn't good, but they actually have a decent defense. Yeah. Kyle McCord was dropping dimes tonight, my friend. Yeah, easily the best we've seen consistently from, from Kyle. And we talked about it last week. Yeah, he starts 11 for 11, not a lot of yards. Then he goes one for five and throws a pick. And then he finishes seven for ten. And, and tonight it was throughout the game. He, he was playing well throughout. Uh, the time that he was in there and probably in there a little bit longer than most people would have liked. I think if Devin Brown is healthier, you probably see him come into the game earlier, but you're absolutely right, Dave. If, if this is the Kyle McCord that they can get or closer to this, obviously the defenses will be more difficult down the road than, than this offense is, is going to hum. And, you know, today was Marvin's day, but like we said earlier, you've got just all these weapons. I mean, Cade obviously came back, had a big day. 
Uh, you know, he could he can do that stuff more regularly if Kyle's in a groove, and and he's easy an easy outlet for Kyle. I thought the pass to Marv, um, the first touchdown pass that the you know they just dropped it right into him, and it was a nice route, nice nice play by Marv. Um, the deep shot too. I like to see them taking those shots because they haven't done that a ton this year. But yeah, if if you can get more of this from from Kyle McCord and and he's starting to figure it out then you know this this is this is the progression we've been talking about right and you know, it's one game where he's he looks really good we need to see it again next week against minnesota and then you need to see positive things against michigan obviously but i think you can be happy about what you've seen tonight we'll get you out of here on this a lot of true freshmen a lot yep. of true freshmen lincoln keenholz obviously making his debut we've seen a lot of jermaine matthews i mean he's started last week Jermaine Matthews, I mean, Malik Hartford, Jelani Thurman, I think, is a guy, like Thurman Berger. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be okay if he plays a little bit more. I mean, getting into some of these true freshmen before we bring in Steve Hellwagon. Yeah, it's good to see. Um, and I asked Coach Day about, you know, I made the mistake of saying, what, what do you guys take out of this when the game's not competitive? And he was quick to be like, oh, it's still competitive for these guys. You know, they work hard in practice to, to get these opportunities and they have to take advantage of them. He pointed to Calvin Simpson Hunt as a guy that flashed, saying specifically that screen pass that he went and made the tackle on. He said, you know, look, these are the opportunities for these guys. You see plays like this. That's what happened with Carnell Tate early on um, in, in spring. They started to see him flash when he got some opportunities with receivers out. Now, obviously, that was in practice. But this is the this is the opportunity for these young players to go out and you know you do it in practice you earn a few snaps in a game oh okay now you've uh, you've shown something in a game right and it's a little different than you're doing it in practice okay maybe you get a few more snaps next time and and then you work your way into a bigger bigger role so uh, you know I always think I know a lot of people and, and not not people that are probably still on here at whatever time this is but a lot of the more casual fans will generally tune out. Um, once the game is is over and done score wise, but I always think that's a really interesting time to pay attention to what those guys are doing. And you know, we get the opportunity to come down here in the fourth quarter. And I walked over to the Michigan State sideline because there were a lot fewer people over here, just to kind of see that last drive. You know, look at, at how Lincoln was commanding things in the huddle, and it you know it was only three snaps or whatever. But you know, you can see that there's a reason why they're excited about him. And you know, you've. Uh, you, you've got something there, I think, even for a guy who, who maybe hasn't played football at the highest level. So a lot of positives, a lot of positives um, to get those freshmen, your young guys in there and, and what they're and see what they were, what they've got. I lied to you. We got to hear from the people. Neil That's on fine. Facebook wants to know, Murph, what's up with Mike Hall? That's Neil on YouTube, Dave. Neil on YouTube. What did I say? Facebook? You said Facebook. It's fine. Uh, YouTube. Sorry. Yeah. Look, I think Mike Hall came into the season as the name on the defense in the interior of the defensive line, so he gets a lot of attention. Um, you know, I think it's helped open up things for other guys. I think when we've talked to him, he's talked about not caring so much about the stats. I think he's still doing a good job. Um, you know, grading out wise, I think he probably grades out well each week in terms of doing his job. The numbers aren't probably what we expected, but I think that's true across the defensive line. You know, I don't think you would have expected the the lack of sacks for the ends, the production um, from some of the other guys in the middle. So, you know, I think it's it's just kind of a collective unit, and, and maybe they're not the flashiest thing. You know, they didn't get a, a ton of pressure today in terms of getting to the quarterback, but they made them feel uncomfortable, and they made them step up in the pocket, and you saw some plays made up, up because of that. So um, I still think he's he's doing what he needs to do out there. You'd love to see him put you know be putting up the numbers everyone kind of thought when they were throwing out things like baby Aaron Donald. But you know if, if you're doing your job in the defense as a whole is successful, I think everyone will take that. Great stuff out of Patrick Murphy. Don't illegally steal any signs, my friend. All right. You I don't see any around here. So maybe a beer if I can find one. There you go. All right. See you, Dave. Good stuff out of Patrick Murphy. Let's bring in Steve Hellwagon, also live from the Ohio Stadium. Steve, your main takeaway from this uh, big win tonight for Ohio State, big meaning, you know, they kicked Michigan State's ass big. Yeah, I want to I want to say, uh, first off, um, in my game story, I have it in there that uh, Ohio State is 10-0 to start a season uh, for the second year in a row and for the 14th time in the last 56 years. And the first time it ever happened was in 1968 when they went 10-0 and 
and won the national championship. I know they were 32 and a half point favorite when it finally closed at 7:30 tonight. Uh, so that this was expected when we all woke up this morning and uh, it certainly materialized the same way, but uh, 14th time in 56 years that they are 10 and 0. And that is a tremendous, tremendous accomplishment. I think for this team, they're one of five teams nationally that have made it to this point at 10 and 0 and they are right there in the hunt and they are putting it together at the right time. I know Michigan state is, uh, you know, going through a really, really awful year. Uh, but I saw things that I really liked today, uh, in terms of Kyle McCord, uh, the way he stuck to his business and the, and the way that he played, uh, to put up the numbers that he did, even against air would have been impressive, but, uh, to have a, at least a few living, breathing people out there in white jerseys against them, and to produce the kind of numbers that he did was uh, outstanding today. And another step forward for him, Marvin Harrison Jr. takes one more giant leap toward New York City. Uh, three more touchdowns for him. Wow. And I think that first one had uh, John Heisman John Heisman written all over that. Uh, the Heisman moment of having one with a running play was uh, ingenious, let's just say. Uh, this was what you wanted it to be. I mean, could the backups have scored a touchdown in the second half and made you feel a little bit better about it? Yeah, maybe, but, you know, it's 35-3. to The game's over. You know, Michigan State can't get a first down. So, and, you know, again, defense. Michigan State never ran a play inside the Ohio State 34-yard line. Just stop and contemplate that. So, you know, lights out all the way across the board, just as it had to be. No more pricking around. No more screwing around. The preliminaries are over. No more crappy half against Rutgers, lights out half against Rutgers. This was what it had to be tonight, and uh, very impressed with everything that I saw. Defense playing three men down. No Eichenberg, no Ransom. Sounds like Ransom is done for the foreseeable future. Uh, Coach Day said that's long-term. Tommy Eichenberg um, and I want to say Denzel Burke are short-term. Oh, no. Proctor and Eichenberg are short-term, week-to-week. No prognosis on Burke. I I question mark on Burke, but uh, that's what we know about the injuries right now. You know, it's crazy. Like, how about the drama with head coaches from the two Michigan schools this year? We thought Mel Tucker would be the most interesting of the the dramatic head coaching situations. No, Jim Harbaugh, I think, maybe has trumped that. I don't know. I don't know how how you even rank those, but – what do you think about this Harbaugh stuff, man? There was a lot of smoke this morning. They were going to get a temporary restraining order. They did not. Smish. That's what I think about it. What's that? I said Smish. That's what I think about it. It's just a lot of hooey, you know. Come on, you know, people people are making it up as they go. I mean, it's just it's it's all it's all it's all hogwash. And you know what? All the TV shows today tried to bat it back and forth and whatever. Josh Perry came correct on NBC when, you know, they had the emotion of whoever that was, the coach Michigan today, the guy's crying after the game. And Josh Perry just came right straight correct on NBC and said, I don't feel sorry for none of them. They cheated. They put themselves in that position. And bull, bull, bull with a big fat crap on top of it is what I have to say about that. You know, they – there's going to be a hearing on Friday in a court in Michigan. And I want the judge to ask the question of the lawyers and the people from Michigan, Ward Manuel, whoever may get on the stand to testify and say, it's been alleged that you broke some uh, NCAA rules here. Uh, what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Because I think they need to answer that question before on the merits of whether there should be an uh, injunction to grant them relief on Harbaugh. Do you do you deserve an injunction? Or did you actually break some NCAA and Big Ten rules and they came down on your ass because of it? And here's another thought, Dave. Why don't you just be bleep bleep happy that they didn't rule you ineligible, that you can still play in the Big Ten championship game, yep. and yet they have to be indignant for their fan base. They have to put up the fight because if they rolled over, they'd lose their fan base. So they have to make it look good that they're putting up a fight. 
this poor judge in Michigan, if this person may, it's so confusing. Nobody knows if it's the man judge or the woman judge. Who the hell is it? I don't even know. If this person doesn't greet this injunction, they're going to bomb their house. I, you already had somebody trying to dox um, Tony Petiti. That thank goodness they took why, it down. On why does a Michigan court there was a have, Michigan message board? They were trying to dox Tony Petiti. Go ahead. Why sorry. does a Michigan court have standing on a matter involving the Big Ten, which is based in eleven different states? I I don't get that. I I, I don't. I, that should be good luck. I mean, they can do whatever they want. It's deflecting. I, I've read the now, Steve. I've read the thirteen-page report twice now. That's Pretty goddamn how damning. Pretty That's damning. Good, it's incredibly damning. Like this Pretty is like damning. this is like the first small little domino that has fallen. Harbaugh's suspension. I'm telling you, Petiti's language in there. He he is not to be messed with, and he came down hard on Michigan as far as his language. Like he was basically foreshadowing. Like we're doing this for now. We're gonna suspend Harbaugh. But worse stuff is coming. Like really, really bad stuff is coming. Really Good for bad. them. Good for them. And that's how it should be. Let me you ask know, you this: They ahead, cheated the whole league. They cheated thirteen other schools. They were going to scout eight Ohio State games on their spreadsheet. They had a eight. I know none of you give a crap about Michigan. I get that, but you know they were going to scout Ohio State eight times. I give them all the credit in the world. They went out today and they beat Penn State's ass with a board. There's just no two ways about that. I mean, they made Penn State look awful. Uh, Penn State's offense, the three coaching decisions by Franklin, one to chase the two-point conversion in the first half, one to go for it on fourth down at the 30-yard line, and then to go for the two-point conversion when you're down nine with two minutes to go. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. Because you, you, you kick the extra point with two minutes to go, and then you either kick it off with your two timeouts and hope you get it back or you onside kick and hope you recover it. But it's an eight point game and you're still in it. When they didn't get it with two minutes to go, the game was over. There was no coming back from that. So uh, he made three critical mistakes and now he's one and whatever, one in 12 against top five teams. And he may never beat one if he coaches in a game like that. That was awful. I'll just get you out of here pathetic. on this. Back pathetic. On Facebook. Did anybody ask about special teams during the press conference? Oh, now, my God. Ryan Day was grilled about Parker Fleming <laughs> on Tuesday. Which, oh, my God. The hits just keep on coming. Missed, missed field goal and what was the other thing? Um, oh, I mean, they the most obvious fake punt ever, Ohio State fell asleep. Yeah. And allegedly they were in punt safe. Allegedly they were in punt <laughs> That's punt safe? I don't want to see punt dangerous. Well, the only and thing I'll say is Ohio Michigan State needed out because they would have got a penalty on a punt. It's like there's not even that many plays, Parker. We're talking about like ten plays a game. Like figure it out, buddy. You could tell Dave was a little exasperated having to call that timeout. Um, I will give me. I will on the fake punt. I'll say this: the quarterback on the scramble on third down, he was this short. I mean, like they only needed a few inches. You know, as long with when the up back catches it with a uh, full head of steam. He's probably going to get four inches. So, uh, you know, bully for them. They got it. But, yeah, that just add that to the pile of mistakes on special teams. No doubt. No, it never, it never, it never came up because Dave was in and out. It's right. It's, mid, it's midnight and, right. you know, in and out. So, yeah, for people that don't know, it's not an extensive press conference after game. Most of you probably know that. It's like five, that's Steve saying, in and out, five minutes. Tuesday yeah. is when, the questions happened. He's in there for a, over a half hour with us. And he got grilled last week about Parker Fleming, which was interesting. All right, Steve, back to work, my friend. Thank you for your time, sir. Yep, posting the Coach Day video right now for everybody who wants to wants to watch it. There you go. Thanks, Steve. All right, buddy. Keep keep Patrick out of trouble for me. There you go. Steve liked that one. He's like laughing. You got. I can see him laughing. You guys can't see him laughing. I can see him laughing. All right. Any further questions? <laughs> any further questions, Your Honor? Oh, man. My Sharona. It, it, pretty, it is ridiculous that, like, Sharon Moore's out there. I mean, we have, like, I mean, we have evidence of Connor Stallions, like, talking 
to Jesse Minter in his ear right before plays happen during games and Sharon Moore. And those guys aren't suspended again, though. I think Tony Petitti did like it. Tony Petitti did everything that he, maybe not everything he could, but like he still like, I mean, his hands weren't tied, but he, he didn't have full range. I'll put it that way. The NCAA is going to come down hard on them. I think he kind of did everything he could. Uh, there's no way they were going to cancel the game. Fox would never let that happen. And frankly, I'm glad it's it's not canceled. I want that game. I want to play that game in two weeks. And we're going to play that game in two weeks. Will Harbaugh be on the sideline? Not if uh, Tony Petiti's ruling stands. We'll see if they get a temporary restraining order. I don't think they will. I mean, again, I have it linked on my Twitter feed. Or you can just do a Google search for it or go on Bucknuts or message board. The 13 page report, which isn't as, as daunting as it sounds. It's probably like a 15 minute read. There is some legalese in there, but Petiti wrote it himself. I'm sure with, I mean, he's a lawyer. He's a graduate of Harvard law. I'm sure other people helped him craft it. Um, you know, but it's written in first person and, um, for a legal document, it's actually somewhat easy to read. Um, I kind of like legal documents anyway, and this is, but this isn't like some 60 page document. 13 pages might sound like a lot. It's not that bad. It's like 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, you'll just love it. It's like, it's unbelievable. I mean, he's just taking no prisoners, just verbally, or I guess written, like hammering Michigan throughout this report, foreshadowing that bad things are coming for them. And it just makes them look pathetic because he's talking about how like, you know, your excuse doesn't hold water. It's everybody else is doing it. No. That's not a real excuse. They never deny that they were actually cheating. They are just trying to do like you know, argue about procedures and things like that. So it makes Michigan look really bad. But um, all right, good job by the Buckeyes, 38 to 3. Great job by the Buckeyes. Great job. I mean, fantastic. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. That's about as close as you're going to get, though. You know, I mean, just kudos to the Buckeyes. They're playing their best football in November. Keep it going. Keep it going, baby. It looks like it's going to be uh, Iowa winning the JV division. So uh, Buckeyes beat Michigan in two weeks. They're going to be playing the Hawkeyes for the Big Ten Championship. They'll, thank God the last year of the Big Ten JV division. It's crazy. This is a, such a weird year of college football. Final year of the 14 playoff. Final year of the Big Ten without Pacific Coast teams in the Big Ten. It's crazy. So we're going to go for, to a 12-team playoff next year, and we're going to have USC, UCLA, Oregon, and Washington all in the Big Ten. It's crazy. All right, my friends. I appreciate you guys riding with me tonight. You guys are awesome. I appreciate all my guests tonight. Thank you to the Dean of Ohio State Football Recruiting, Bill Curlick. Thank you to Jonah Booker. Thank you to Patrick Murphy, and thank you to Steve Hellwagon. And again, thank you to all of you. I appreciate it very much. Hope everyone has a great rest of your weekend. (laughs) 